welcome back to another episode of the Separation is in the Preparation podcast. My guest today, joining me all the way from Preach, Germany, a man who on Saturday scored the first touchdown in a 14-0 win for the Kios Baltic Hurricanes on an end-around play from inside the five-yard line. UC Davis alumni, Chris Vaughn. KV, what's up, bro? Thanks for joining what's me. How are you? Deal? <laughs> I'm doing great, brother. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Super, super excited to have you here. Um, I guess as we begin, if you could just introduce yourself a little further to the listener and then uh, talk a little bit about what you do. For sure. Well, as he said earlier, uh, my name is Chris Vaughn. I go by KB, Chris, you know, whatever it is you want to call me. Um, I am a professional German football player or American football player that plays in the GFL. Uh, this is my first season here. I'm loving it. It's been a great experience so far. Uh, I play wide receiver, do a little bit of everything, kick returner, punt returner. So, yeah, it's pretty much who I am right now or what right I do on. right now. Right on. Um, yeah, usually I like to kind of get started at the beginning for my guests. So for you, what was sort of your first experiences with sports growing up? And was football a game that you always just gravitated towards right away? Or were there other things that you did first? So actually, uh, I didn't really, <laughs> I was always athletic, always outside, always trying to do stuff. Uh, I wasn't really into the recreational sports. I like to play basketball in my free time, um, frisbee, a little bit of soccer, but nothing with a team, um, like a team organization. I was just outside with my friends at the park doing that kind of situation. Yeah. Really stayed away from football pretty much up until seventh eighth grade <laughs> uh quick story about that so i had a, one of my best friends his name is jay kwan sessions um he played he played uh football i don't know pop warner pv i don't know what you call it little league football and this is seventh grade and he came to school with a cast on his hand and he was like hey bro you want to play football my dad's the coach come on out I look at him like uh no you have a cast on your hand i don't ever want to be in one of these so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that season, yeah, after that season week, uh, he had hit me up again. He's like, hey, bro, I know you say you didn't want to play football, but come try flag football. So I'm like, all right, flag football. No one's tackling. You can't, guess you can't really get hurt, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah, you'll be good. You'll be good. And I'm like, all right. So I get out there the first day, um, have no cleats on. Like, I, didn't, I mean, I know you're supposed to play with feet, but throughout my life, I wasn't really, I was interested in sports, but never had cleats. I had basketball shoes, you know, doing that whole thing, but never need anything where, never played a sport where I needed cleats. So I'll go out there, I'm in bands, and I'm just routing people up, <laughs> jumping over people, just being athletic, being me pretty much. And ever since then, uh, I kind of fell in love with the game. And fast forward, everybody that was on my flag team was going to my high school. And so at that point, they had seen what I could do. They're like, come on, bro, you have to play. So I decided to play as a, as a freshman. Awesome. And I mean, it sounds like for sure that your sort of natural skill set suited you to the game, especially the wide receiver position early on. Was there anything else besides sort of just how you took to it, like a fish to water that, that made you really, really fall in love with the game? Hmm. I think, no, I don't think I know definitely the brotherhood around it. Um, this sport is like no and like it's not like any other sport. And there are some that come close, you know, soccer, basketball. They're a little, they're similar, but football is like its own 
its own uh, its own animal. And that's what I really liked the brotherhood around it was something that really made me want to keep playing, even on the tough days where I didn't feel like it, even on the on the after the hundredth sprint that we had to do that day for whatever reason we're all doing it together and it, it made us closer. And so now I talk to people that I'm still close with people that I played with when I was 14. It's, it's crazy. 10 years later, I'm still, we saw that same bond still laughing at, at the jokes that we did way back. <laughs> laughing at the jokes now that we made way back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool. No, I mean, for sure. The power of we versus me is, is one of the things that makes team sports special just across the board, but definitely I always was, was jealous honestly of like how tight the football guys were at Davis and I think obviously you guys spend so much time together that's that's one thing can you think of other things that it like helped sort of to sort of foster and produce that super tight close-knit brotherhood that you're talking about um well I can't speak for other sports I don't I don't watch too many other sports uh, right right balance my life out not anyways to answer your question um you need to have trust on the field mm -hmm. and the best way to have trust on the field is to have trust off the field. So the more time we can hang out with each other, getting to know each other's personal lives, maybe not too personal, but you know, something other than surface level, you know, getting to know each other's family, just spending all the extra time, it really sinks that bond together. Absolutely. No, for sure. In a, in a game like football where you're putting your body on the line, every play and things like that, there is a trust factor that, falls that rises above I think other sports um you mentioned having your buddies that you're going to high school with who'd seen what you did on the on the flag football field be a big sort of influence in terms of bringing you into the into the tackle game were there any sort of coaches or mentors that you had in your first few years of of, of playing the sport like that who gave you advice or or just whose whose presence in your life really stood out to you yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's honestly too many, so many people. I, I don't I don't really want to get into names because I know I'll leave somebody out. Right. But definitely one person that for sure helped me out was uh, Jaquan Sessions' dad, uh, Mr. Sessions. He gave me my first pair of cleats, uh, and I saw him hanging up in my room to this day at the, uh, awesome. back in California. So that's something that he I'm at forever grateful for him and. I mean, obviously I've had high school coaches and other people like that and people that just helped me all along the way, but he was somebody that definitely opened my eyes up to what, what the potential I had and the, the person I could be while playing the sport. For sure. And as you kind of developed in the sport, obviously you had some natural talent to begin with, but I imagine as, as your experience goes along, you, you, you start to improve and understand and figure things out. Um, at what point did you sort of realize that, look, this is something that I could take on and, and try and pursue at the college level? And was that initially even something that you wanted to do? <laughs> that is a great question. Um, initially, I didn't know what I was going for. Uh, right. I did like play ba playing basketball a little bit more. Just, it was fun, you know, I don't know. Just, I liked it a little bit more. But I knew in my position that it might've been a little bit easier to get a scholarship for playing football. I know I was already pretty good at it. and. Uh, talking to other coaches and other people like you have a natural talent for this keep keep going and you'll be fine um it's kind of hard to say at what point i really decided that i really wanted to pursue this it just kind of all blurs together but i want to say going into my junior year yeah going into my junior year uh i just hit another level i was 
going to a place called Academy of Speed with it was like uh, it was outside outside of uh, my football programs um, workouts. So we're going like other places, getting new meet new people, just different talents all over Southern California. So that was really good, and I was like, wow, these guys are really good. I'm trying to be really good. I need to keep doing this and going to that Academy of Speed and just mingling with all these other athletes. I was like, okay, I, I definitely can do this. And that's just kind of how it took off junior year. Definitely. For sure. And were there, as you, as you kind of took things more seriously and I imagine started to watch the game even more and see yourself in, in the players who were playing at high levels, were there receivers who were either playing um, division one or, or playing in the NFL at the time that you tried to emulate as a, as a high school wide receiver? Yeah. Definitely. Um, something that I do, I'm happy where I'm at. I feel like if I would have started a little bit earlier, I would have been able to get some of the fundamentals down a little bit better, just uh, natural muscle memory. There's mm -hmm. still times even today where um, I feel like, oh, I'm up too high, or I need to bend at this angle, get at this angle. And something that could have helped is if I started just a little bit earlier. And I say that because everybody, oh, I'm pretty sure everybody, everybody tried to emulate um who am I thinking of gosh what is his name D'Anthony Thomas there we go D'Anthony Thomas at Oregon and, yes exactly Oregon that, that's probably the one person that I watched religiously like oh my gosh this guy is great and I, I want to be similar to him if not better than him um and there was also Julio Jones yeah. my first year playing flag football we were the Falcons that's just the team that we chose and I was like, okay like the Falcons that's cool let me see what this that, the actual NFL team is like and Julio Jones is the first person that popped up. And ever since then, it's just been Julio this, Julio that. And I, I try to emulate my game after him a lot, honestly. Yeah, no, it's interesting you mentioned sort of the, the results of adopting a sport earlier versus later. And I think, like, for sure, spending more time on something earlier on leads to, like, the muscle memory, the habits and things you, talk, you talked about. But also, I think there's a real benefit to kind of having a multidisciplinary approach, especially in the form that you had where you sort of stayed from any sort of stayed away from any kind of structured environment and were allowed to just sort of play and be free um, more so than many, many people of your athleticism, I'd imagine, growing up. Can you talk a little bit about sort of the benefits um, of that experience and then as well as maybe some skills or, or abilities or that, that you were able to transfer over to football when you got into a more structured environment? Yeah, so the fact that I wasn't in any specific sport, um, it kind of let me just be free. I could do, I could run around however I wanted. I could, you know, play tag, juke people out. There was no set like, oh, I have to be careful for the season coming up because I didn't have a season coming up. So whenever I was outside playing, it's let's go, I'm going hard. Uh, <laughs> there's no reason to kind of, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I shouldn't do that. I was really pushing my body to whatever I could do. Uh, that's definitely a benefit. And that translates to, again, just knowing your body, having certain body control, uh, especially playing the wide receiver position, you have to have at least a little bit of body control at that position, playing at a high level. That's definitely something that I've taken from jumping out on the monkey bars, again, playing tag, throwing the ball around, just all those, just being athletic in general.
For sure. And I mean, I think like what's what's cool for me, at least from the outside, I never played never played high school football is watching. There's so many people from different backgrounds of, of, of sport and athleticism that come together on the football team and the strength and conditioning coach, especially at the collegiate level where you're spending so much time together is a really cool individual in terms of honing these people and getting them dialed into what is the best sort of form um, or shape of their body for performing at the highest level. And obviously that doesn't happen just on its own. There's a lot, a lot of hard work and like early, early mornings for you guys. I can remember like going to class and seeing you guys out there grinding or like kind of heading back in, in, in the evenings and seeing you guys heading to meetings during preseason camp and stuff like that. So again, even from the outside, I know there's an incredible amount of work and like that amount of work is not for everybody. So can you talk a little bit about like, adjusting or adopting that sort of work mindset and like was that something that came easily to you is that something you had to kind of figure out as you got into the to the, to the collegiate environment um again going into my junior junior season I don't know what snapped inside of me but something just and I wanted to be the best work out harder than everybody else um I I don't like when someone says oh you're not good enough to do that I don't base everything around my um, that I do based on some some people's opinion. But if I'm putting my all into a situation and I'm trying to get better and shoot, it could be almost anything. If they're like, oh, you're not good enough or I'm better than you at that, then I'm gonna I'm gonna prove to you like, no, I'm better than you. I can do this. And um, it's easy to just say that, but I found that to be the best and to do things over and over and over again, you have to be consistent in your training over and over and over again. And that's something that I, I dropped, adopted probably around, again, sophomore, going into my so, going into my junior season, sophomore, end of my sophomore, going into my junior season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, like only from the outside in did I see the work that you guys were doing um, as a team. But like there'd be times where I'm riding my bike past Hutchinson Field at UC Davis. I'm like, who's that guy running ladders with his shirt off? Oh, KV. So <laughs> like there's, it's, it, there's, like again, I can attest the fact that you are willing to work and willing to do things that other people aren't, um, aren't willing to do and to, to, and to take you to where you want to be. I guess before we, I'd love to get into like the recruiting process and sort of all the, how that all happened out. But I guess to fast forward a little bit to why you're in school or even now, are there, what are things that you have as part of your workout routine or, or regimen that many people don't do that you think kind of have helped you elevate your game or separate yourself from other people? This is good. This is good because I'm still now, uh, the position I'm in right now, I am my own strength and conditioning coach. The past couple of years, as you know, I've had numerous injuries, ankle, foot, foot, knee, and I was in the training room a lot. And so I think that those injuries were definitely a blessing in disguise for moments like now when I don't necessarily have somebody to hold my hand like, oh, come on, let's go do some rehab. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. I know all the things that I need to do now because of the situation that I've been in. Um, so I wouldn't say there's like one specific thing other than learning about my body, like my own individual body. There are some things that, uh, that we had to do the FMS testing, the functional movement screening test. Mm -hmm. And there are just some stuff that I just wasn't good at. And definitely learning that helped me now to where I could just go to the gym. Okay, damn, I'm feeling a little tired right here. Okay, what do I know in my past that has helped me to loosen this up? Or, oh, maybe I need to go a little harder today. Maybe I need to take it a little easier today. It's um, definitely a game of knowing my past and knowing my body. 
Absolutely. No, I mean, you touched on a great point that for me doing this podcast, speaking to numerous athletes has been really consistent and that's a, a willingness and ability to understand your body, understand how you're feeling. And oftentimes that's a product of the discipline and the consistent consistency of training that you talked about earlier. If you're doing something enough, right, you can really determine is there benefits to this, are there detriments, how's this making me feel? How can I adjust what I'm doing to make me feel the way that I want to? Um, so again, yeah, it's an interesting position that you're in now where you maybe are, are have a less structured environment than you did um, collegiately in terms of having to do strength and conditioning and, and rehab on your own. But again, it's a testament to your ability to understand your body in previous positions and also be willing to learn, right? I think many people approach lifting and things like that. Like, okay, I, I, I know what I need to do. And some, and there's so many different ideas that bounce around the strength and conditioning space, especially these days that I think being open and willing to learn and, and adapt and, and adopt is, um, is really, really vital. And again, I wasn't a member of the UC Davis football program, but I think there's a big onus just as being a UC Davis student in general on being willing to learn and being an open-minded person and stuff like that. Was that part of what made the program stand out to you? Um, and I guess we, from here, we can kind of dive into how you ended up at UC Davis um, at all. Originally, uh, I had my sights set on going to either Boise, Boise State, yep. or um, UW, University okay. of Washington. Those are my two choices. I didn't really have a dream school per se i did like usc i mean being from southern california everybody you know you get the US, uscs and uclas I, I love those schools i'm like oh cool that'd be cool to go to but i felt like they're also a little close to home mm -hmm. um which is fine but i wanted to get away a little bit so those those are my two i had a, other offers but those are my two main choices when i'm thinking about okay where do i want to go to college things fell through with boise for whatever reason and then things fell through with uw for whatever reason, I was like the B choice. And throughout all of that, that whole situation, UC Davis stuck with me. The coaches were the most consistent. Um, they cared about me the most, or at least they, they portrayed they cared about me the most, and I believe they did. And I really felt like going there, the connections would have benefited me the most, or, and they are benefiting me the most, actually, um, which is the reason why I'm here. So, in my uh, beginning of my senior year, I broke my fibula, and I still had offers from UW and Boise and all that, but they were just kind of like, oh, I don't know, and it was just whatever. And I was like, all right, I still want to go there. If you guys give me this opportunity, I'll probably take it, but I, I still wanted somebody that still wanted me to be there. Davis stuck through, stuck by me through this whole process. And I really admired that about the coaches. The whole coaching staff was always checking up on me. Like, oh, are you okay? Like, how can we help? The second game of the season, one of the uh, coaches that actually came to the game and like we talked and it was cool. It was just, I felt like, wow, this guy is really here to support me. And that's a game that, that like, you're not able to plan, right? Because of your injury. Oh no, at that point I was still playing. Okay. I think I can get, I hurt my leg the third or fourth game of my I see. season. I see. But he still came out and it was, it was super cool to, to be there, took my official visit, came back, and then that next week I played in an all-star game, and I was going against the top recruits of Southern California, and we didn't win, but if we did, if we would have won, I would have been the MVP, <laughs> like definitely been the MVP, and then out of nowhere, all these schools started hitting me back up, USC started hitting me back up, Oregon was like, oh, hey, like, where are your transcripts at, let's see, like, let's get it talking. 
And speaking of transcripts, uh, another reason why I decided to go to Davis is because of how prestigious it is uh, as a university. You can't play football forever. I understand that. And I wanted to go somewhere that would show that I'm not just an athlete. I can do a little bit more than just run the ball, catch the ball, all that good stuff. For sure. No, I mean, I, and I wonder, like, again, there's, there's the FBS level that, that the rest of those schools were at, and there's the FCS level where, where Davis is. Did you feel like at the FCS level you would obviously – because I think no school is going to say that their players aren't going to be able to get the full educational experience, whereas, like, the reality – like, you know people who played at schools like that. I know people who played at schools like that. And there's a lot, a lot to balance to where to actually maximize your academic experience becomes a really difficult thing. And did you feel like that was the case at Davis or do you feel like there was more kind of leeway and bandwidth for you to really pursue the academic interest that you had? At Davis, they definitely created um, time for work and time for play. It was all about balance. And the coaches always instilled, okay, make sure you're getting your grades right. And then we could talk about ball or how is class? When's this next exam? And then we talked about ball. They always tried to keep, they, they made it structured to where you're not playing unless we know you got your, your school stuff right. For sure. For sure. Which I, I mean, I was never one to lag in that area. I was always pretty like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. Time management wasn't a, too big of a struggle for me, but coming from a little high school or a smaller high school to college where you always have to check your email, you always need to um, check your calendar so you're not um, overbooking yourself with different random things throughout the day. Um, definitely, they definitely helped me through that process a lot more than I feel some schools do. For sure. For sure. And I mean, you talked about the injuries that you dealt with through college and stuff like that. And again, like that not only is physically draining, but it's mentally draining, right? Having to put in extra time to get back to where you want to be and then experiencing another setback in whatever form that is. Like when you're sort of in those moments where you're in the where you're doing rehab and, and, and fighting to get back to where you want to be, like, are you thinking about opportunities after college or are you sort of just in the moment where you are i would be lying if i did yeah <laughs> if i said i wasn't thinking about opportunities after college for sure because i definitely was but i always had to reel myself in into what am i currently dealing with right now mm -hmm. because if i started looking too far ahead i would try to skip a step or miss something and i didn't want to have to do that so i was i was i was looking ahead a little bit but also trying to stay focused on what I had right in front of me. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's a really important balance that you, that you talk about there for sure. Being present in the moment is the most important thing, right? Cause that's the, that's the only thing we have yesterday, tomorrow, like we can't necessarily control that, but right now we've got some ownership over it and can actually affect and impact it. But also I think anybody who's motivated and determined such as yourself, like you need to have a little bit of forward thinking of just from a planning perspective, right? And then just a periodization of your life, your workouts, whatever, because like for sure you have to take care of what's in front of you. But like, if you're just moving on, plowing to the next thing, that's not really a sustainable or consistent way to approach things. Exactly, exactly. So I guess on that note, at what point, I mean, you finished your senior season, at what point um, does the opportunity to, to go to Germany to, um, to, to continue to play come across? Like, were there other professional opportunities you were trying to pursue? Talk to me a little bit about that. And then, of course, there's the, there's the COVID pandemic that you kind of have to navigate at the same <laughs> time, which, which I know is really difficult. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, 
definitely an interesting time for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. As far as my career post-college, um, I actually got hurt the middle-ish of the season. I tore my MCL, so I didn't get to finish my senior season, which kind of sucked. But I, as I've grown as a player and as a person, I never wanted my identity to just be only football. And so in uh, realizing that I, I always want to be who I am, whether I'm on the field or I'm off the field. I always want to be smiling. I always have the good energy because that's just the kind of person I want to be. So I didn't know if I was going to keep playing football. I didn't know about my knee. I didn't know what was going to go on. Um, I know I wanted to, deep down, I know I wanted to keep playing, but it just, at the, in the moment, it didn't seem possible. It's just like, uh, I'm hurt. My senior stats weren't, <laughs> weren't that good. Uh, something that kind of helped me get over that hump was the fact that I know there are people that didn't even have a senior season that still had a chance to play professional. Uh, people that had probably worse senior seasons that I had that still got a chance to play professional. And I knew I had to work and drive deep down to keep trying to play. So season ends, we go, I want to say eight and three, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. we, won more, we won more than we lost, so that's good. Um, and then I was recovering from my MCL on November 6th. So pretty much from November 6th until mid-January, I was still recovering, still going to rehab for my knee. And the opportunity arose for me to, um, for pro day, to continue trying to play for pro day, um, which I was more than, more than happy to take. I'm like, oh, Coach Burke is going to be training this? Oh, for sure. I need to, <laughs> I need to get on that. So he worked with me through uh, me and a couple other athletes from January until March 15th was pro day. And in the beginning, it was tough because I was still unsure of my knee. You know, when you get hurt, you got to learn how to trust your body all over again. There's still some things where like, oh, I don't know, is, is this OK for my body to do? But again, going through other injuries, you just learn to keep working at it day after day after day after day. And um, eventually all that paid off. Had pro day. I pretty much PR'd in everything, uh, all of the different drills, which was good. Um, the 49ers were there. That was the only thing that uh, had ended up coming that day, which was fine. I mean, I just, if I could show out, if I could show off my um, skills in front of one team, I would have been in turn very grateful. So can't complain about that at all. A couple weeks before pro day, um, Coach Speck, which is the running backs coach at, um, at Davis, his son is the offensive coordinator here for the Baltic Hurricanes. And he had called me and he's like, hey, Chris, what's up? I'm like, hey, Coach Speck. It was kind of funny because, you know, big Speck, little Speck, talking to his son. It was like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> odd, but it was cool. Um, so I'm talking to him and he's like, hey, we're looking for a wide receiver. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I want to put my best foot forward with this pro day stuff. But then after that, I'll get back to you and we can kind of figure it out. So after pro day, uh, I didn't get any calls. I mean, I was just happy that I had PR and everything myself. So Absolutely. I wasn't really, oh, I didn't get any calls. That just, I don't know. <laughs> that wasn't a concern of mine. But I knew that in the back of my mind, I hadn't told anybody about my potential plans to go to Germany because I didn't want anybody spitting anything out or anything early. I just wanted to keep everything that I had in the moment of getting ready for pro day. 
So then finally, uh, I started telling a few people here and they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to go play in Germany. And then things just started, uh, started rolling from there. Okay. And I guess I'd love to know, like, the makeup of the team. Obviously, having looked at the roster, it seems like it's predominantly guys who grew up and are from Germany. Sort of what, what proportion are guys like yourself who played collegiately in the United States and are from the United States, or are there German guys who've gone and played in the United States and come back? Like, how's the, the roster sort of built? So for the GFL, you're allowed um, four American imports. Gotcha. Typically, they do two on offense, two on defense, but you could technically get all your uh, imports from the States, all defense, all offense. It just kind of depends on what you want. Well, right. your strengths. Um, then you're allowed, I'm not sure how many other European players you're allowed, but you're definitely allowed to have those imports as well. And it's more than four. Most people that play on my team are from the area from, I want to from Kiel or very close to Kiel. There's a, some players from Hamburg. So about an hour away. And it's just guys that that love to play the game. Most, uh, I'm not even going to say most. There's a few people that have went to the States and have played football there. And then they came back, uh, whether it was in high school. Yeah, I pretty much want to say high school and then came back. And they played, got a little bit of experience there. Gotcha. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of differences playing American football in Germany versus playing in the United States. I mean, what are some of the biggest ones that at least when you arrived, like they were like, whoa, okay, this is, this is, this is going to be a little bit different. The biggest one, 100% without a doubt is the fact that we only practice two times a week. Oh my gosh. Yes. So we practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays when our games are on Saturdays. Um, Going from ball is life we're practicing every single day whether it's just a walkthrough or a full-on padded practice to two days a week it um <laughs> it definitely changes the whole situation definitely so how are guy i mean how are you filling the time are, are other guys working um jobs and stuff like that when they're not practicing how does how, how do people kind of fill that time in between practicing games uh, a lot of guys here are either in university, so they still they're in college, you know, doing that whole situation, or they do have jobs or a little mixture of both. Um, what I've come to realize that here, as football in Europe is rising, it's getting more serious and people are like starting to get more involved, but it's still, uh, it's not the same football culture that is in America. Like I For said, sure. we practice times a week. And honestly, the fact that we do practice three times a week, it makes me feel... Uh, I don't want to say relieved, but it's just like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. You get to, you get to miss the game for, <laughs> for you know, a day or two, and then like, okay, like let, let's get back after. It gives you a chance to really go in and think, okay, what do I want to get better at today with the team? Why you have this this precious amount of time? Yeah, no, I love that intentionality piece, and for sure, when the opportunities become limited, the the importance of being super purposeful and dedicated and diligent with the way that you approach um, training or, or games becomes even more, more, more important. Um, is there the resources from like a video perspective? I think, again, I, you talk about where the, where the football culture is in Germany versus where it is in the United States and maybe are not as quite as dialed in video wise as you were with, 
with Big Tim at UC Davis. Um, but like, what are some types of things that you're able to do from a, from a film study aspect in terms of looking at your own game from practice or competitions, and then also looking at the upcoming opponent? Yeah, so um, for practices, it's actually really cool. We, uh, one of the team managers, I guess you would call him, he has like a drone. He flies a drone up right over us and we just practice. And I mean, the first couple of days, like I noticed it, like I hear it like zzz, buzzing around. Yep. Like, oh yeah, there's a drone up there. But now I don't even, don't even think, think twice about it. Um, and we get pretty much every, pretty much every play in there. And I go back and watch how can I get better but not only how I can get better, how I can help my teammates get better, which is something that I believe the best athletes can do because it's one thing to get yourself better. Like, yeah, that's fine. But I've been hurt so many times to understand that it's next man up mentality. Yep. And I want my team to do well. And in order for my team to do well, if I get hurt. Hopefully I don't. If I get hurt, that the next man up can get the job done and we can still keep rolling. Absolutely. And I mean, have you found with your kind of extensive football experience that you've been able to function not only as a, an important player piece of, of the team, but also a leader and a teacher, just because you've been in different environments that maybe a lot of these guys haven't experienced um, in terms of football? Yeah, definitely. Uh, as I said before, I want to be the same person uh, uh, that I am on the field as I'm off the field. Of course, you got to get a little nastier on the field, but yep. intentionality the situation uh, I want to want to be the same person and so something that I struggled with a little bit before was finding that balance um, it was fun it's funny you actually mentioned that because we're on the bus ride home from one of the games where we had just lost and of course everybody takes losing in different ways mm -hmm. and I try not to let the highs get too high and the lows get too low so I'm on the bus and I'm not like hysteric laughing or joking around but like having a little conversation with my new teammates you know they're German and I haven't I'm in a new land so I'm trying to get to know them I'm smiling and talking and yeah of course they're down they lost but then one of them asked me like how are you always so happy like why are you always smiling it's just because I'm truly blessed to be over here playing football meeting new guys um and just with this whole new experience and I uh if I let my lows get too low, I, then I get down in the dumps, dumps. If I let my highs get too high, then, you know, it's just one thing that can knock me off. And I don't ever, I always want to try, to try to stay even. And I was trying to teach them that. And I think I've gotten through to a lot of the guys that that's the way to, to, to try to play. For sure. No, I love that perspective. I think like the ability, I mean, you said it really well, not letting the lows get too low or the highs get too high. And I mean, you are inherently just a positive person who's fun to be around with a, with a good personality, which is why I think myself and many others gravitated towards you while you're at Davis. And it's super cool to hear how you've kind of adopted that in terms of building relationships with people who are approaching the game from different ways. And like you said, everybody handles everything different, whether it's winning, losing, struggle, success. Um, but again, it's cool to hear how these relationships play out within, within the team. And speaking of relationships, the quarterback wide receiver relationship is a really interesting dynamic. And obviously you've been able to be a part of a few different ones in college, high school, and now now here there in Kiel in, in Germany. Can you talk a little bit about sort of how that relationship um, typically is? And then what are some of the sort of things that you do as, um, as, as sort of your, your own self in terms of trying to cultivate and develop that? So it's definitely an interesting relationship and you have to be on the same page. And 
the higher you go as far as playing, uh, the level of play, the more dialed in you need to be. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll come over here. So I, I got here late. I was supposed to be here early April and I didn't get here until a week before the game, <laughs> or a week before our first game. But so I thought, oh yeah, you know, it'll be fine. I'll be cool. It'll be good. We'll just go out there, run around, throw a couple, throw a couple balls. I'll catch a couple passes. It'll be good. Um, but it really isn't like that especially being in one place for so long since I was at Davis for six, six ish years, uh, the coaching style is pretty consistent. And what you hear about the quarterbacks and the system that they're learning, you just learn to adopt that and you know where you need to be. Yeah. Well, coming into a new place, I had to learn how to adapt to, Oh, this, how the, this, how he likes to throw the deep ball. This, is how he likes to throw the slant. This is how he likes to throw the out. Oh, this is how I like to run it. This so we just definitely need to get on the same page. And the first few games, um, we struggled because of that. We weren't on the same page. We would get frustrated with each other, whether that was internally or externally. And that's not the way that uh, it needs to go. So I would say the preparation between the quarterback and the wide receiver that it needs to be consistent and um, strong, definitely strong. Ways that I typically um, try to cultivate that relationship is first off the field, because again, that's where the trust comes in. If I can't trust you, I don't know who you are. I don't know who's throwing me the ball. I don't know what I can say or what I can do to kind of get you going. You don't know what to say to me or do to me to get me going. Yeah. If I'm if I'm in a slump or you're in a slump, we just got to kind of feed off of each other. So I try to get to know them off the field. Um, while we're on the field, um, rather than just repping a bunch of different routes out, I try to talk to him. Oh, hey, like during this look, this is what I'm going to do. What do you think about that? Oh, you don't like that? Okay, cool. Then let's do it this way. And then we kind of balance, uh, feed off of each other in that aspect as well. Yeah, the collaborative approach is, 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 is really cool to hear about it. And I think obviously like many football fans understand the importance of a quarterback where they sit um, in terms of like the hierarchy of the team. And obviously they're – they get the most attention and press and stuff like that because they are an important position. But I think what you touched on there is the give and take, um, I think is one that really elevates the best quarterbacks and the best receivers, because not only are they willing to take direction and, and listen to what their counterpart needs, but their counterpart is also able to take their information and they're able to package their information and, and ideas in a way that's receivable to them. Um, which is really, really important. And I guess like you've obviously been playing the game for a long time. You mentioned playing for six years at Davis. Have there been things that you have changed in terms of your routine or perspective about the game kind of along the way? I mean, I'm sure there have been, but are there, are there big ones that, that you wish like maybe I would have adopted this earlier? You talked about like just playing the game from an earlier day that, that might've been useful, but just in terms of the way that you approach the game, what are you doing now that you could have told like 16 or 17 year old KV, like you should start doing this. Hmm. I think the, the mentality to catch the ball has changed a little bit before I was like, Oh, here, I see the ball, catch the ball. But something that I really had to um, focus on was my eyes, like eye discipline, mm. because what you see, you can catch as simple as that. If you can see it, you can catch it. And 
that was something that I harped on throughout my training at Davis. And if I would have done that way earlier, then I would have been, I feel like a lot better. I wouldn't have dropped easy passes, would have made some, some tough catches. I actually would have caught the passes. Um, and that's a testament to uh, Matt Davey, the trainer there at Davis, or he, I think it was, he works at Sac State now, but yeah, he helped me out just doing a bunch of different drills, drills that you now see on Instagram and TikTok and all that, that we were doing a little bit before they, they were even popular. They, they, they were a secret then, but stuff like that. Uh, definitely eye control and eye discipline. And it's that type of things like where you're doing sort of reaction stuff with, with like a light board, things like that, or is it more just like on field awareness and like when to get your head around and, and, and look at the ball and things of that nature? Um, that is in, in the rehab room. So we're doing um, one drill that we would do is he would stand on my left or my, or somebody would stand on my left or my right, one of the trainers in there, and they would have a card. They'd have, you're like, so once I would be red, once I would be blue, they would put it like this. And he would throw me the ball and I'm staring at the ball. And as I'm catching it, they would flip it. And so out of my peripheral, I need to see, oh, is it red or blue? And as I'm catching it, I would call it out. Um, then we would do drills where I would stand on the blue Air Max pads, one yep. leg, yep. Um, typically lower leg and uh, lower body injury. And I would just switch off between legs. But I would stand there and he would uh, write numbers on the tennis balls all over the tennis ball, like, uh, I would say like ones, put a bunch of ones, a bunch, put a bunch of twos on the ball, threes, fours, fives. And we would go and he would say, like, all right, all the odd ones, catch with your right hand, all the even ones, catch with your left hand. I'm like, okay. So I'm balancing on one leg while trying to catch it. And we're joking around and all just little stuff like that that really helps you focus in on just catching the ball. That's something that has definitely helped me. And I wish I would have gotten to a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, especially as a goalkeeper, there's there, there's some transfer over from from receiver to to, to the skill set that I try to bring to my job. So I might, I might have to yeah. adopt that tennis ball when I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, man, this has been super super cool. I mean, you're a unique individual playing a game playing the game in, in a very unique place. So it's been awesome to hear your perspective about all sorts of different things. I have a little rapid fire session for you um, here to wrap things up. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, let's get it. All right. Um, if you could only w- run one route for the rest of your football playing days, what would it be? Stop. Okay. You're going to have to explain to me what that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah. So pretty much um, at the line of scrimmage, you're set go. So you take off in a full dead sprint and you want the defensive back to believe that you're going to run a go route. Right. Every route should look like a go route, but specifically, you want a stop route to look like a go route to get the um, defensive back to flip his hips and turn. And then you want to stop and turn around and come back towards the ball. Gotcha. Okay. So that you'd normally stop around anywhere from 12 to 10 yards. Gotcha. Nice. Who do you think right now is the best wide receiver in in the game? (laughs) Oh, I was. You can name a couple. You can name a couple of it's tough. Yeah. Gosh. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> there's so many that just going through my mind. Okay. Right now, definitely Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. definitely Cooper cup. Yep. Um, definitely Jamar chase. He, he's, I, I didn't want to get on the hype, but he is a good player. I'll, I'll just leave it at three for now. Those, those three are. Okay. Yeah. Those are some Ooh, good ones. Hopkins. I can't leave D hop out. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it'd be interesting to see where the, where the Cardinals can go when he gets back in week seven. I'm excited for that for yeah. sure. Who do you have winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> I'm going to hold you Man, to this, too, come February. So think about it good. Yeah, this is tough. I don't know. With all the trades and everything going on, I don't I don't even know. I'm a Seahawks fan, and I would say the Seahawks, but Russ left us. So, yeah, not, not, not going to go there tough this time. time for the Hawks fans, for sure. Gosh, I'll just – we'll say the Cowboys. Okay. Okay. A lot of people happy to hear you say that. I bet. <laughs> um, all right. What's your go-to touchdown celebration? <laughs> it's a, a skip and I do the peace sign. Okay. Little... Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, best restaurant in Davis. Oh, burgers and brew. Yeah. Elite. Yeah. Elite. Yeah. Um, Okay, you're you're in the locker room before the game. What's your go-to kind of pregame song that, that, that you got going on your headphones? It changes from time to time, mm-hmm. but it's never like a super rah-rah, turn up, let's go. It's always something slower to kind of calm my mind down. Just because if you're out there and you're freaking out, you're too excited, uh, you can forget things, make mental mistakes that probably don't need to be made. So I try to try to slow some things down i guess let me see what did i listen to this week okay this week was we major by um kanye west okay, okay. yeah that, that was this week so it's slower not like oh yeah nothing crazy just right something to kind of keep me in the mindset but not mm-hmm. okay not last that. one ideal post-game meal okay uh probably pulled pork sandwiches okay. pulled pork barbecue sandwiches yeah i those are I'm not sure if it's just from that time, but in high school, after pretty much every home game, we would go to uh, one of the parents' houses or one of the players' houses, and all the parents would be there, and that that, that would be the best thing to eat, pulled pork yeah. sandwich. Awesome. Well, right on, dude. This is that's all for me. This has been this has been super special. So I I really appreciate you taking the time, and um, yeah, the the content has been great. I know the listeners going to really enjoy it. So thanks so much, KB. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, Wally, man. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Separation is in the Preparation podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do what you can to share it with others. As always, you can find us on Instagram at the Sep is in the Prep, or if you'd like to reach me directly, I can be found on all social media platforms under the handle at Wallaps11. Thanks, and take care.